there, fellow Golden Girls superfans. I'm H. Allen Scott. And I'm Carrie Doherty. And today we had something special planned, but in light of the recent passing of Betty White, which is just like the saddest ever on saddest ever New Year's Eve, also the most bittersweet New Year's Eve ever, um, we have decided to sort of do something a little different today. Carrie? Yes, we thought that to celebrate Betty's iconic role of Rose Nyland, that we would re-release the best of Rose moments that we recorded back in November of 2018, along with our VIP guests and fellow Golden Girl superfans, Elliot Glazer and Alaska Thunderfuck. Um, yeah, I think we're all just, we're feeling a lot right now. Yeah. And we wanted to revisit you know the best of rose moments we're all sitting around watching the golden girls at home obviously but we're gonna we're gonna give you the best rose moments uh, and this i mean that recording was a special recording for us because we were and of course keep in mind it's obviously was recorded in 2018 right before we were about to do the last episode of the podcast so there might be things we say or whatever that hint at something and it's <laughs> it's just a re-release guys so we can go back to that time if you want um but it is this that time was special for us too because we were like today, we were in our feelings then because we were with our two best GG VIPs. You know, we were reminiscing about the best of these four women, and 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 there was something special about us being together recording this. So there was also special... wine. I think that's what made there it was, special. There was there was wine. <laughs> Alaska did bring wine, of course, naughty Alaska. Um, but it was it was a special moment. So even just listening to a little bit of it, I actually couldn't even listen to a lot of it because it actually just made me sort of sad in a lot of ways for like pre-pandemic life. It just, it, there was something about it. There's, I'm really in my feelings about a lot of things. And so it this episode is very special, not just because of Betty White's passing, but for other reasons as well. Yeah, I, and I think you and Elliot and Alaska were the last sort of friend hang I had was mm -hmm. with you three having a golden yeah. girls game night so yeah listening to it um really took me back to i don't want to say simpler times because was it really no it just like it, <laughs> yeah, it no, just it it, it 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 took me back to comfortable indoor hanging out with friends without something like COVID just lingering in your mind always and sort of yeah create being a little anxiety mosquito in your ear just the fact that we could all arrange a get together with our very busy schedules at that time we all were all over the place and you didn't have a child and i was in my old apartment and michael and i had just gotten together and it was like all of these different factors that were a part of our lives then and now getting together is like have you been tested or <laughs> you know what i mean there's like so many different things that matter with us getting together now so it it was sweet. It was it was a it was a bittersweet moment listening to it a little bit of it today. Yeah. So I'm really excited for people to listen to it again, but also to go over some of Rose's most iconic moments because there are so many. Yeah. Do you do you have a, a special or a specific moment that you you want to revisit before we dive in? You you so perfectly like you did for five, six, however many years it has been since we've done this podcast. 17. 17 years. <laughs> um, you put together a, a great, great sort of script, if you will, of like assignments for me to do and things that we, the, the order of how we're doing things today. And I could not pick one. I could not, I know you picked one moment from Rose. I 
got so overwhelmed thinking of iconic moments from the Teddy, from Fernando to, you know, a little romance to there, there, there are just so many amazing to the blooper from the episode with her granddaughter when they're like putting on makeup and stuff like that wasn't even on the show. But to me, I connect that as something that it was on the show because it's an iconic TV blooper in history for me. So I cannot pick one. I think I just said three there. You have it. I'm so, I feel like I have, I wound you up with the sending yes. of that email and now you're just unraveling like a whirling dervish in front of I me. I am. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I never, I never want our podcast experience to be anything no, it's other than delightful. And it's, it's wonderful. So funny. It is delightful because they're wonderful memories. I just, I just, I, I can't, I, I want to be able to pick one and I can't, be. it's like when people say, what's your favorite golden girl? I refuse to pick one. I refuse. I hear you. I hear you. Um, that's totally fine. Was there anything that you wanted to, to mention before I get into my moment? Any other Betty White related things? Any? Oh, yes, there is. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> That's, it's okay. That's what I'm here for, babe. Oh, my God. I'm a mess. Um, okay. So this wonderful, wonderful woman, Paula Bernstein, who she – I don't know if I'm saying that right. Bernstein or Stein. I always get very confused about that because of those goddamn bears, and I always then have a lot of anxiety over that last name as well. So I apologize, Paula. But she wrote a great book called How to Be Golden, Lessons We Can Learn from Betty White. And she sent it to me. A few weeks ago, actually, and it was a long process of getting in the mail and stuff. But it, it's such a wonderful little book. It's so cute and adorable. And I actually did a photo shoot as Sadie Pines, where I featured the photo because I wanted to do like a photo sort of honoring all four Golden Girls. And I wanted to be super, super golden. So I wore this like beautiful golden dress. And I I just wanted to be golden. And I wanted to feel the spirit of being golden in a lot of ways. I saw and, the photos. You look absolutely stunning. Not unlike you. the mother of a solid gold dancer. <laughs> Although I could pass for one. Um, but this book is so fun. I highly recommend people go check it out. Again, it's called How to Be Golden. We'll post links, of course. And you can check our Instagram and stuff. Or check Sadie's Instagram because I'll be posting it there as well. And it's just, it's just such a fun, cute little book that right now with Betty's passing would is such a wonderful thing to have. You know what I mean? Like when she, when she passed on New Year's Eve on Friday, we're recording this on Sunday, um, the Sunday after she passed, I, I opened it up and it just sort of, I don't know. It just, it, it made me feel great things. So go get how to be golden lessons. We can learn from Betty White. It's a wonderful little book and go buy Betty's books too. And also I do want to say before you get into your iconic moment that we did another episode, a tribute to Betty White, that you can also listen to um, that came out the same day as this one. But if you're listening years in the future, you know, whatever, <laughs> you'll find it. And and one of the things that I keep telling people when they t- text me about, like, what can we do for Betty? Like, what's the thing we can do for Betty? Donate to an animal cause, any animal cause that's near and dear to your heart, your local, you know, animal organizations, whatever. D- donate to something or to get involved in something with animals because that was the core of who Betty White was. She she said she didn't want to be remembered necessarily for being a TV icon or anything. She wanted to be remembered as a lover of animals. And And so if you can do anything for Betty, it would be to give back to your local animal organization or if you you know, participate in your zoo, your local zoo, or whatever you, whatever animal cause you can, that would be a way of honoring Betty. I think that's absolutely lovely. And your book also reminded me on Thursday, 
uh, a friend went to World Market and then um, on his way home texted me and said, I left you a gift outside. Oh. And I opened the door and it was a little packet of back in St. Olaf mints with Betty's face on them. And that was on Thursday. And I was like, I'm I'm never going to open these. Right now, so it's cold in Los Angeles, and I apologize for the people in like Michigan right now, but it's chilly in Los Angeles. It's I'm from the Northeast. I'm allowed to say it's cold here right now. And I've been I have these really thick wool socks, but our floors are tile and they're so cold I have to wear socks under the wool socks. And I've been um since Friday wearing my Golden Girls Betty socks because I have a, I have four pairs at five it's all the girls and the one that just say the golden girls my mother-in-law got them for me but I've been and I probably shouldn't my feet probably smell by now and I'm gonna wear them out but I've been wearing my my rose socks <laughs> under my wool socks um, so we're all just doing what we can I think to get through this time and to try to yeah. you know remember and celebrate Betty the best we can um, but to you know sort of the most iconic or my favorite, you know, Rose moment or one that at least has popped into my mind um, just with her passing, Um, you know, on the Golden Girls with Rose, there are so many comedic moments, many of which you will hear in this clip show episode and some that you won't. Um, One that, I mean, obviously one that always slays me is that's what the crow said and Dorothy immediately (laughs) shouting, get out. Um, It's just the timing of that is so perfect. That's what the crow said. Um, But today (laughs) I want to remember her most impactful and touching performance on the show, which is the birthday monologue from the season two episode, A Piece of Cake. You guys all know it. It's Rose's first birthday without Charlie, um, but she still talks to him like he's there, and it makes me cry every time that I watch it. And yesterday, I learned something that makes the performance to me like even more special. Um, and, and I'm sure because like everybody, you know, I've been just pouring over so many articles about her and tributes and anecdotes from people. Um, but uh, you know, as you guys all know, Betty White was married to game show host Alan Ludden from 1963 to 1981. Um, he passed away of cancer, and he was the love of her life. She never remarried. Um, and you know, when you see photos of the two of them together, you're like, oh yeah, I get it. They were in love. Um, right before the Golden Girls went on the air. Uh, Betty White did an interview with the New York Times, and she said, you know, a couple of speeches Rose makes get me by the throat. All I have to do is substitute Mm. Alan for Charlie, Rose's husband. And, you know, all I can think about is that beautiful monologue and, and, and how vulnerable Betty White was as an actor to go there and, and, and also just how dedicated she was as an actor, knowing it's not going to be easy to go there, but she went there. And the performance is tender and vulnerable and shows that, like, yes, of course, she was a gifted comedic actor, but she also had range. And as Rose, she found this moment where she wore her emotions on her sleeve and we could feel every ounce of sadness and happiness and yearning and reflecting that she emoted. And I mean, that monologue always, it sucks me in. I can't watch it without crying. And because we've all experienced loss in some way. And I think to get through those first anniversaries, those the Christmas, a birthday with someone, you know, without someone special to you, um, that has passed, like it's really hard. And it just, it, it really is. I get goosebumps even just thinking about it and seeing her in that chair in that beautiful little quaint kitchen. It's, 
it's just such a powerful moment. In when a- she says that line, the you know the rule, I get the rose. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. I mean, it's just, it's so simple, but it kind of, it kind of, I don't know. So a week ago, Joan Didion died. And for me, as a writer, as a reader, I'm a huge reader, Joan Didion was everything. I mean, literally the symbolic of so much of what is how we communicate, how we feel about things. And even though Joan Didion and Betty White are very, very different (laughs) types of people, like thinking of that speech that she gives about Charlie's birthday and the way, how simple it is. It was just a very simple thing of a birthday cake celebration, basically. And, and, it reminded me a lot of Joan Didion's work about how, you know, we tell ourselves stories in order to live. And it's, and it, that that's a line that Joan Didion wrote, I think in the white album or slouching towards Bethlehem or something. And it reminded me of Rose in that moment. And in a way, Betty White too, that we, we do these things to remind us of our lives and how not only our past and the people who are gone, but also of the possibility of a future mm-hmm. that, we do these things that remind us of who we are at our core selves so that we can keep going, keep laughing, keep loving, keep sharing, keep bonding, keep connecting. And it's a, it's a really poignant scene and it's so symbolic of who she is, who the show is, who we are as a Golden Girls community. It's just, we have that moment. That moment, Rose, Betty White, and the writers of the Golden Girls gave us that moment to then connect on it 30, 40, 50, however, for years to come to connect on it. And it's it's kind of a beautiful, a beautiful thing. I think that was so wonderfully put. And I think on that note, I think we should take a quick break and then uh, jump right in to our re-release of the best of Rose moments. The best of Rose. Let's go. Let's, Let's do it. Let's do it. it. Let's do it. A great place to get a seafood meal. Miami. Miami, Miami. You Picture it, Los Angeles, 2018. Oh, welcome to Out on the Night, the only Golden Girls podcast you're ever going to have to listen to. Who are you? Mommy Challenge Scott. I get into it, then I forget. You do. (laughs) And this is a podcast where we watch an episode of The Golden Girls and then we talk about it. And guys, welcome back to another special episode of Out on the Lanai where we're talking about our favorite moments for each Golden Girl. This week, we're going to be talking about the one. The mother of Fernando, the daughter of Bob Hope, loser of the St. Olaf Butter Queen pageant, baker of the Beskinurkin Flurkin, a candy striper, a watcher of La La, killer of Frida Claxton, bleach blonde, <laughs> bubble headed baboon, and once in St. Olaf, you can blow it out your tube and burbles. It's Rose Nyland! And to join us, please welcome back two of your favorite and our favorite out on the Lanai All Stars and Golden Girl Super fans, Elliot. Glazer and Alaska Thunderfuck. Yay! Hey, 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 hey. It's like, can you believe two weeks has gone by? Crazy. <laughs> Isn't that insane? I know, it's crazy. It's crazy. You yeah. guys really need to change clothes. Yeah. Yes. 
<laughs> so guys, we're talking about Rose. Rose. Oh, sweet, Rose. Naive, Rose. Naive, naive, sweet Rose. Adorable Rose. What's Single for dinner? digit IQ Rose. What's for dinner? We're a gonna bucket of chicken. Speaking of, <laughs> we're going to jump right in to our first favorite Rose clip called Gonna Roast a Chicken. Ah, oh, Gonna yes. Roast a Chicken. Uh-oh, patience, everybody. Faster, we could sing a work song like they do on the railroad. <laughs> Just follow my lead. Gonna stuff a chicken. Gonna stuff the chicken. Like my mama taught me. Like my mama taught me. Gonna take the chicken down to Mississippi. Gonna wow. stuff a chicken. Yeah, I definitely said roast. I'm so sorry, guys. I was preparing these notes very late last night. Well, you live a healthy lifestyle and you roast chicken. You're allowed. What are they doing? What are they doing? <laughs> in scene? It's yeah. three in the morning. Well, it's three in the morning. I do like to think that this is Rose's way of like. I like to think that not only was singing the railroad song, which that's kind of offensive, right? That's yeah, it feels off. Um, it's a little. But it was the '80s. Sure, but also I like to think that she was like, oh, I have a surefire way that's really gonna that's gonna move this along and yeah. then it's gonna be the most efficient way but it's definitely not because no. they're opening and closing the oven yeah, and you and made a point out. that the, how much oven space do they have no right. they're trying to make 75 turkey or chickens <laughs> yeah they have one oven regular sized and they keep opening yeah, it yeah Dorothy keeps opening escaping it escaping the heat out so maybe it's, it's like, like a clown oven <laughs> like a Mary Poppins bag or like, oven. Or like it's the, also not attached to anything. But that's like you that yeah. M. Night Shyamalan movie, The Visit. Mm-hmm. Anyone see that? No. It was good. Well, anyway, there's an oven in there where a little girl literally can fit inside. Oh. Yeah, and the grandma like stuffs her in and like closes Didn't it. Didn't Webster great. take a tunnel? Didn't he exit? No, that was an elevator. They had like an elevator shaft in their apartment. Oh, an elevator shaft. Yeah. That's right. And he got stuck in it once or something. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I that also makes sense. like that they don't put chickens in like roasting pans. No, they put just, just right in the oven. Just right on the right on the Got rack. Stuff wow. I didn't like think DiGiorno. Yes, DiGiorno style. Just right on the rack. Well, I what I love is I mean Betty White is one of my favorite actors on the show because her dedication to the character is, is so, so good. like she's not afraid to fully commit to like I'm gonna jam out and this yeah. is the breakdown of this song. Yeah. I'm just so into it. She you, loves like that. you watch other. I mean, they're all like B. Arthur, incredible B. Arthur, the best. But B. Arthur is essentially playing B. Arthur. She yeah. she had a comic timing about herself and she went with it. And Blanche is definitely acting, but like Rose, it's almost like she just embodies. Mm-hmm. This character yeah. so much that you don't, she's not Betty White. You're not and watching the, Betty White. And what's interesting too is that you know subsequently she has maintained an active career, and her joke, the bit that she keeps going back to in like everything that anything Betty White is in, is that she's like a horny old lady. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's not even close to Rose. Yeah. Right. Which is extra well, impressive. Sue Ann Nivens. Right. But yeah. it's still like. 
that's impressive that she's maintained this persona. Yeah. And the persona is very different from Even Rose. at the Emmys this year, when right. she came out and did the thing. She's like, well, I want to was... fuck all these guys. Yeah. Yeah. She basically was like that. <laughs> I hope the I'm first her. time in, her, in public where I was like, oh, no. Yeah, we had on our on our GGVIP text chat. I don't want to talk about that on this episode. I don't. I don't want to talk about it. It upsets me. I want to move on to the next clip. Girls fighting in therapy. Okay, here we go. Come and knock him. What exactly does that mean? Literally, it's the precise moment when dog dude turns white. Referred to the kind of person you don't want to share your hooten coggles with. Rose, if you say one more of those stupid words, oh, so blow it out your tubing burbles. Blow it out your tubing burbles. So that is, I think, a very impressive. I mean, because these, I mean, these Scandinavian Saint Olafian yeah. phrases are so hard to say, and yeah. for for, yeah. for Rose to have three of them like right in a row, yeah, it's pretty amazing. It's it's yeah, pretty it's, amazing. It's, I mean, she. What's amazing, what I love about Rose <laughs> is that she, like, she'll have these moments where she's playing this sweet, naive character, but then all of a sudden she'll shift, and it's like she'll right. get love angry it. or mm-hmm. really smart. Yeah. But then on second yeah. thought, she can be a real bitch. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah, sometimes she can be a real bitch. Yeah. It's so good. And there's I, also... No. Oh, there's one moment, and I, I don't know if I doubt it's here, but it's that moment when she mm-hmm. is sarcastic to Dorothy... About a flu- oh the flautist oh he was a- oh he's she's a flautist oh she's a f- she's a flautist no Dorothy she plays the flout or whatever whatever right. that I forget mm-hmm. what that joke is but it was like it's nice to see Rose take a turn yeah. right <laughs> I love that my also, favorite my, my favorite Rose moment is, I don't think this is a part of the clips but when um, Adolf Hitler was her gym teacher mm-hmm. oh my god I mean Jesus. that's just that, so good I, I will never not die of laughter at that episode so good yeah. I also love like tubin burbles is such a silly word yeah. and for her to <laughs> yell it you know because she's she's Presenting it as in, like, you know, blow it out your ass. Yeah. It sounds like yeah. a soda water but machine. But, yeah, when she's saying tube and burbles, it's, it's such so a funny. silly word, and it's that's what makes it so, so funny. Yeah. Um, I always love the way that Betty White pronounces white. White, white. white. yes. White. That precise moment when dog do turns... Dog do turns white. What if B. Arthur and Betty White went to the same acting school and learned how to pronounce things the same way? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> what if? He talks about that in her one-woman show. What? Going to acting school. Like, like, oh, really? Yeah, with like Tony. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Tony. Tony. I remember Tony, 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 Tony? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Tony. Who's a big, Bernie Schwartz, who then later went by the name Tony something. He was Tony like a fam- one of those famous yeah. Tonys. Mm. I don't know. Well, while we're thinking about that, we're going to watch our next clip. Yes. Which is called That's What the Crow Said. Isn't she lovely woman? See you. <laughs> Sonia's not a woman. I know. She's a cow. A pig, a duck, a horse, a pencil sharpener, Blanche, jump in, I'm drowning. Sonia Klingenhofer is a comic strip. And a darn good one, too. Well, good night. Both of you come back here, or I'll be forced to follow you to your room and act it out with sock puppets. Okay, you were saying... In the first panel, it says Sonia Klingenhofer in big letters, and the O has pigtails. 
what's in the second panel, Rose? Sonia's walking down this country road, and there's this group of children laughing at her. And in the bubble coming out of her mouth, it says, it's not funny. You try getting white bread and mayonnaise out of your braces. <laughs> and then in the third panel... Rose, how many panels are there? Sixteen. And then in the next panel... Could you just tell us the gist of the story? Oh, fine, but then you'd miss the joke between the two crows on the telephone wire. <laughs> the gist of the story, Rose. Well, in the last panel, Sonia tells her mother and her mother understands. My foot wasn't asleep. I wouldn't ask this. What exactly was it Sonia told her mama? The joke between the two crows. I knew you'd beg to hear it. But get out! But get out! Oh, oh, Lainey! Are you all right, honey? Wonderful, wonderful. I always wanted to have a nose like Joe Frazier. Ma, how long were you listening at the door? I wasn't listening at the door. Oh, then why was your face pressed against the crack? That's what the crow said! Get out! Oh, God, uh, I can't. That's what the crow said! What I love about this is that it's kind of a St. Olaf story, because I'm assuming Sonia Klingenhopper is like a, a yeah. local comic strip. It's yeah. a St. Olaf story <laughs> that gets interrupted, so it doesn't really, it's not really a story, but to me it's still one of the funniest ones. Because of the way that it ends, in yeah. part thanks to Dorothy with her I mean, get out, and it just Dorothy is almost integral to Rose's stories. Mm-hmm. She's, yeah. She's, yeah. she's a valuable player in it because she often is the one who gives the button to it. Yeah, who gives the reaction that becomes the big laugh line. I do love the moments between when when Blanche gets testy. Oh yeah, with Rose. I do love that, and I love. I think at a certain point they had to start padding <clears throat> padding the dialogue so that. It would give them a reason to like feed Rose the the joke for the punchline or whatever, yeah. and so that's why Blanche says, "I wouldn't ask if my foot my foot weren't asleep right now. I wouldn't ask this question." Yeah, yeah. I I love that. I love. There's another one where she goes up. like, "Oh, what the hell, honey? It's your birthday yeah. soon. Go <laughs> She's on." A birthday. Oh, what the hell? She has a birthday coming up. What is it, Rose? Yeah, I it's love often that. we find like Rose and Blanche teamed up for mm, things. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're often yeah. the two that are teamed up, and then of course. Dorothy and Sophia are teamed up, but it's always nice when, like, that gets twisted and it becomes, like, you know, Rose and Sophia running a hotel or, like, out of the house, like an Airbnb out of the house one weekend. Or, like, there are those, (laughs) uh, just those one line moments that are, I don't know what episode it is, but when the doorbell rings and Blanche goes, Who's that at the door, Rose? It's me, Blanche. (laughs) (laughs) Like that doesn't mean like that has no. It's nothing. It's just like a joke that you could just stick anywhere, and it's so Mm -hmm. funny. So good, just to throw it in. (laughs) It's me, Blanche. I kind of want to get. That's what the crow said tattooed on my body. I love that line so much. I love the way she delivers it. Like she's so excited. Like. It's. I love that moment. Is this yeah. the origin of that's what she said? I mean, it kind oh of my is. God. Because oh my it's God. like, she's like, why was your face pressed up against the crack? Oh, that's what the... That's, that's what the crow said. said. Wow. wow. That just blew my mind. Because Michael insists that our next podcast should be an office podcast. Oh. And uh, that, that's what she said is like a that's prominent a big part of it. joke. Oh, okay. that. Have you watched that, Office? 
Oh, I didn't know that's where that came from. Though. I don't think well, that's where it no, came but from. It's made popular. Yeah, it came from the Golden Girls. Yes, yes. <laughs> Guys, this is the origin. We Speaking it of back. murder, yeah. Uh, oh yes. The next clip that we're going to oh, move on to Bell. is the murder of Frida Claxton. Oh, oh my God! Yes. Wasting the taxpayers' money. Yank out that tree and start pouring cement. Mrs. Claxton, think about what you're doing. That beautiful old tree is two hundred years old. How can you hate a living thing? I hate you. <laughs> That's it. I have had all I'm going to take from you. Now, if you don't have the common decency to treat people like human beings, well, then I'm sure as hell not going to waste my time kissing your fanny. Now, if you don't like it, Mrs. Claxton, you just sit there and shut up while we have our say. And if you don't like it, just drop dead. Go on, Dorothy. <laughs> What happened? You know when you told her to drop dead? Yeah. I think she did. What I love about this is that Frida literally just dives for the floor. She just keels <laughs> over. Like, that's the most accurate representation of keeling over I've ever seen because she just goes... <laughs> and nobody helps her. If you look at nobody the end knows. of the clip, they're all just standing around looking at her. Also, the absurdity of somebody being like, yes, rip out the tree on my property and make it flat and ugly. Like, it makes no sense. Yeah. No. yeah it's insane. It's, it's insane. It's so, but Frida Claxton is not only one of the best character names on this show ever, but also one of the best characters. <laughs> I mean, be she's just such yeah. a good character to love and hate. Yeah. It wasn't, what is it? it you always say it the best. It wasn't the Danish. I wanted the Danish. <laughs> <laughs> also, the thing that's so amazing is that Rose, in this episode, goes from like trying to appeal to this woman by getting her Danish that she knows she likes to telling her to drop, drop dead. dead. Right. I mean, that's kind of out of character. I don't yeah. think she would. They had to do it for the purpose of the scene, but I don't think Rose would say drop well, dead to somebody. Unless, mm-hmm. unless Rose views it as a competition at this point. Like, unless Rose that's, sees she's this. so competitive. Because that's she is true. so that competitive is at this point. She's like, we're at a hearing here. Our side needs to win. She's pulling out all the stops at this point. Mm-hmm. And she'll do it. She'll fucking kill someone mm. to make a win. So do you think this would hold up in court that she killed Frida Claxton? <laughs> I mean... True crime, I mean, true it crime happened Netflix. in court. <gasps> <laughs> I don't we should know. do a true crime Golden Girls podcast. Yeah, maybe. Oh my God. Um, I have to put this up <laughs> here oh with... Um, I sort of had two clips for this moment about like Rose sort of talking about dead women or women who are about to die, but um, I also had the moment where uh, Rose accepts the award for the runner-up woman oh, who's best. died, yeah. and she goes, Agnes she Bradshaw. can't put this on her mantle, she's on her mantle! Oh. <laughs> it's just Which, humiliating, that moment. It's, yeah. Because they end up giving, like, they were setting up they are going to give the trophy to Rose mm-hmm. because to accept it on Agnes's behalf, yeah. and she makes a complete fool of herself. Oh, oh it's so good. It's so <laughs> it is good. good. She's competitive. She's got that crazy competitive thing. I don't yeah, have I that. Understand. That's not me at all. I, I understand. I just let it go. Speaking of letting it go. Yeah. Let it go. Oh. <laughs> We're going to move on to a beautiful touching moment oh, on the Golden oh, Girls where Rose oh, sort of yes. has to let go of Charlie oh. in, a, in a moment we're calling... I get the rose. Oh, drop dead. (laughs) I remember the last cake I baked in St. Olaf. It was kind of different. 
better make a wish and blow out those candles before Mr. Hickenlooper has the entire volunteer fire brigade up here pumping water on my clean kitchen floor. <laughs> I swear that man will look for any excuse to make that siren sound through his nose. <laughs> Inga Lundqvist told me just this last week... I know. Shut up, Rose, and blow out your candles. <laughs> okay. I wish... I guess that was kind of a silly wish. I know you can't really be here with me, Charlie. It's taken me these past eight months to accept that, but I finally have. Then why our usual little private birthday celebration? It somehow feels less lonely, Charlie. I mean, this is the first special day I've had to spend without you. If it had been Christmas, I'd probably have hung your stocking. Or if it had been your birthday, I probably would have still asked the clerk down at Tuttle's to help me pick out a tie for you. Oh, I bet that would have gotten me some strange looks from the sales staff. Although they already look at me strangely. <laughs> because of the time I tried to special order a double-breasted navy suit with a drop seat in the pants for Cousin Wendell. <laughs> anyway, that was part of the reason. The other part was I wanted to talk to you. I know. I didn't need a special occasion for that. It'd be more of an occasion if I stopped talking. But I, I figured since it was my birthday, you wouldn't be upset when you hear what I've got to tell you. I've decided to sell the house and leave St. Olaf, Charlie. The winters are rough here in Minnesota. And this place is too filled with memories to let me get on with my life. I need to start over without you, Charlie. And I think this is the best way. I know it'll be tough in a strange town all alone, but I've read some wonderful things about Miami. It won't be long before I meet nice people and, and make some new friends. I have a real good feeling about that. So, I just wanted you to know what I decided. I hope to be in Florida before the next winter comes. But I know that wherever I am, you'll be right there with me. I love you, Charlie. I miss you. It's my birthday. You know the rules. I get the rose. Oh, fucking kill me. Fucking kill me. I mean, that, like, what's so amazing about that moment and that line when she's like, I have to get on my, get on with my life and I can't do that here. It's like, here's a woman, late fifties, early sixties at that point, or she's widowed, you know, she's raised a bunch of kids. She's had a beautiful marriage. And at that time for women, it was like, that was the end of your life. Like yeah. you're done. Those are your yeah. golden years. Like there's nothing else happening. And for a character like her, who was so defined by her husband and her family to say... And where she lived. And where she lived even, I have more to life. I have mm -hmm. more to live. I'm yeah. going to go live this life now and take a chance. And that's that's like Brave. the most bold yeah. feminist statement coming from yeah. the most conventional, non-sort of quote-unquote feminist mm -hmm. on the show. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. And what a beautiful monologue. Really beautiful. What a it's, beautiful scene. I mean, that's yeah. like... That's, that's a mix of great comedy 
and acting. Like yeah. the last just time like, you could sit and watch one character alone in a room, right. yeah, mm-hmm. and be like completely, you know, glued to the screen. Yeah, and literally just a, just a little inflection of her voice at the end, and it just makes you Kills cry. You. Yeah. yeah, like just because so she's holding you, it. She's I miss you. I don't like, know oh. if that's like that's a. I'm not. I'm not a trained actor. I never have been. I don't know what that is. But like, I wonder if that's a skill where she knew to keep her voice at such a monotone level throughout, sort of conversational, and then all of a sudden shifted at the end. Yeah, because that's really what does it for me when she does that whole. I love you, Charlie. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. And then she, God. okay, it's like a time yeah. to cut the cake. Like she, you know, yeah. she lets herself have that little moment. And then she's like, all right, nope, back to it. It's my birthday. And, it's um, you so, know. so, so, so good. I also want to say for all of you Vanderpump Rules fans out there, four I realized there's more than four. There's more than four <laughs> that Rose said it's my birthday before Stasi. So Stassi Schroeder thinks that she can claim that it's my birthday. I literally have no clue what you're talking about. That's okay. Or who this person is. That's fine. I'm throwing it out there for the other four Vanderpump Rules fans. Do you guys know who this is? No. But I'm sure the people who do watch the show, they get it. They're gagging. I don't know what that Venn diagram is like. (laughs) Do you know that I did this monologue in college? Did you really? I can't remember if it was for a class where we had to choose the monologue or if I did it for an audition. Were you in drag? Oh, my God. No. What was I thinking? Like, What? But no, I did it. I I did that monologue. Oh, that's so. It's time I get on with my life without you, Charlie. It <laughs> is such a turning point because it's very like she's kind of a crazy person almost. Like this is where like if she would have stayed in that house, maybe she would have just descended into madness. Yeah. Talk to Charlie she's, every day. She's sitting here talking to yeah. like a di- like a chair. Delusion. Yeah. She's yeah. set two places at the table. Yeah. She walks in the room and surprises herself. So like this that is a turning point. Requires some delusion. And yeah. what did her mug say? Oofda! <laughs> In the background, you can see it. <laughs> Is that a mini, uh, Minnesota thing? I it's from the brothers. You are St. Olaf's Woman of the Year. Oofda! Right, right, right. What a great detail for the props department. Yeah. Uh, and that was before that episode, too. Like, this episode, I think, was before... Her Woman of the Year episode. Oh, maybe. Really? Yeah, I think you're right. I think so. Is um, Ufda a real saying in Scandinavia? Maybe. I think maybe. It I don't feels know. Like it's like a yeah, like a Nordic. I'm gonna start saying it though all the time now. Ufda, Ufda, honey. Get soda at Seven Eleven. Thanks. Come again. Ufda. Uh, <laughs> uh, do you guys have, have any other favorite Rose moments that you want to throw in before oh, we God. say goodbye? When it comes to like serious acting moments, I, there's the episode where Sophia is having a esophageal spasm and is they think she's dying and she's telling the story of how Charlie died. Yeah. And that I think that's That's in like the first season. I think that's when she won the Emmy and I think that was a big part of it because it was like we see that like Oh, she can be like serious as she can make you yeah. fucking go there. And we hadn't really seen Betty White like that. Like yeah. Betty White was always kind of, you know, the absurd character, the Blanche character, the, yeah. the one that was sort of just kept the story going but had no depth to it. And here yeah. all of a sudden she has depth and it's like I love whoa. when she gets ruthless. Yeah. Like I love when she gets ruthless, like when she <laughs> yeah. says, um, um, when Agnes Bradshaw died, she's like, she's not, and you know, she, she's basically saying like, well, she's not going to get the award this year. Why? Because you work so much harder than her? No, because she, because de- she's dead. <laughs> and then dead, she says, dead, dead. 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 I think muffin, coffee. We're yeah. going to get. <laughs> I love muffin. D- dead, dead, dead. We muffin? are going to get so much shit if we don't mention this one moment. What? The pushing Jenny Lewis out the door. I with was the literally going to say, oh, when she grabs yeah. Fernando. Like literally, oh, yes. everyone listening will be like, the bear, the bear. <laughs> right. I mean, that is such a great gif and moment yes. and everything. Get it's just back the damn, damn bear. bear. Cut the crap. 
And she just pushes Jenny Lewis That's out. That's life, kid. She gets ruthless. It's I amazing. Mean, it's yeah. just so good. I love it. I love when that happens. Oh, uh, yeah. She's, she can be evil. I, I honestly would not want to compete against Rose. No. no. It's, also, it's also very funny Scary. in the case of the Libertine Bell when she finally admits that she helped fool Blanche to thinking that she actually mur- that there was this murder <laughs> happening yeah. and she's like uh, simple or, I or do fog the glasses or, oh, why would you do that to me or would simple she? and or, the earring bit right yeah. she's like yes. simple defogging uh, the glass that's so far yeah, fed or would she like she accidentally mixed the invitations and got a bunch of Elvis impersonators to Sophia's wedding oh, yeah. or even better when she didn't tell everyone that Sophia wasn't really <laughs> oh dead oh my god oh my god oh, I made so the damn good. punch what more yeah. do you want or when oh my oh I know my favorite my favorite 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 is when Becky goes into labor in the oh, bedroom yeah. and she has she's like call the coach She's like, call the coach and something she else. And she goes, Coach Nintervini. She calls Coach Nintervini her ice skating co- <laughs> uh, uh, coach. But also, there's a moment where she's, oh God, I'm from forgetting the exact line, but it's so fun. Oh, she goes, Am I crazy or did I hear screams in here? Yes Just and yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right, no, 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 wait, where are Boom. That's great, dude. Boom. Boom, 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 but I love, I love, I love that scene where because there's a moment and I can't remember exactly what it is, where, but Blanche is going. Uh, sorry, Becky is going into labor, and so uh, Dorothy's like telling her what to do, and Blan- and Dorothy doesn't. I mean, sorry, and Rose doesn't get it. Yeah, and then there's a moment where she's like, explains to her again, and then you see Rose put the pieces together that. Becky is literally ha- in labor, and it's the funniest, wackiest thing that she didn't understand it. Yeah, she doesn't understand that she's in labor. It's so We're so funny. good, so she's good, so good. Yeah. All right. Well, I think that wraps up our best oh of yes. Rose moments. Yes. We um, love you, Betty. We oh, love you. Our we golden takeaway is that we love you. Yes. Yeah. I was a mile, a mile.